Hello, queers. You're listening to Movies All Queer. This is Sarita Ramirez. And on this episode, we're going to talk about a show that I have been obsessed with for a long time, actually. And maybe that's giving away the point of the episode. Maybe you can stop listening now and say, oh, well, she likes it. So what's the point? Well, my friends, there's more to it. There's more to it because on this episode, we are going to dive deep. And I mean deep, okay? I want to thank everyone who voted on Instagram. I want to thank my friend Megan Ingram for making this really nice request over email. We are going to talk about a series that... (laughs) It it has been named one of the hottest shows to hit television back in 2018. It has all of the elements of a show that we love, or at least that I seek every time. I'm talking about action. I'm talking about female assassins. Oh, and it has queer characters too. I mean, well, possibly queer baiting tactics? Uh, We don't know. We'll get to that later. This show is three seasons in, and to save everyone hours of listening in one episode, I'm going to break it up into three. That's right. Three episodes for the three seasons that we're deep in. (laughs) For every single season, there will be a Movies I Queer episode talking about it. Because on this episode, we're talking about season one of Killing Eve. Killing Eve, season one, a British-American drama and dark comedy series based on the novel's codename Villanelle by Luke Jennings. Show created by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, starring Sandra Oh and Jodie Comer. After a series of events, the lives of a security operative and an assassin become inextricably linked. Here's the trailer. For this episode, I will quickly go over what happens in this season. And like all of my other analysis episodes, this one is full of spoilers. So if you have not seen Killing Eve season one and you're listening in, you've been warned. If you do not like spoilers, go watch it and then come back. Or if you're like me who enjoys being spoiled, well, listen on. There's no judgment here. Do what you must. (laughs) 
In season one, we are first introduced to Villanelle. She's a 26-year-old, highly skilled Russian assassin. We find out that she murdered a notable man on the street who was going out with his Polish girlfriend at the time, and there was no CCTV or surveillance footage to catch it, but it did catch the attention of an MI5 security officer, Eve Palastri, who suspects that the killer must have been a woman because it was delicate. Now, Eve Palastri is a British-American woman who loves true crime, and I don't know, but I assume because that's who I am. She becomes obsessed with finding out more information on who this assassin could be and pretty much breaks all of their company's rules and policies by illegally interviewing the girlfriend of the murder victim that was spared. Now, we learn that Eve is relentless and determined. She is easily fixated on goals and doesn't stop until she succeeds. Now, back in Villanelleville, she's on another assignment, this time to kill an Italian grandpa who likes to touch people without asking. And she succeeds, of course, because she is highly trained in this specialty. Later that day or so, she gets visited by her assassin handler, who tells her that she needs to go back to London to kill that girlfriend of the Russian guy she murdered on the street because she may have remembered her. Now Villanelle says, okay, and goes to London. Now they're at this hospital. This is the hospital where this Russian dead guy's girlfriend is laying she is under heavy security. Now Eve, the MI5 security officer, she goes to the bathroom or the loo as they call it to freshen up. Now in this public bathroom with her is Villanelle. Villanelle is dressed like a nurse and we know that it's Villanelle because how can you miss those eyes? <laughs> but to Eve, she has no idea who this woman is who's just staring at her and her hair. And Eve asks her, uh, are, are you okay? To which Villanelle, you know, just kind of walks away. But before leaving, she says, you should wear your hair down. Talk about flirting. <laughs> Five minutes later, Eve leaves the bathroom to find pretty much everyone murdered at the hospital. <laughs> Talk about a twist. Including the girlfriend that she was trying to interrogate further. The girlfriend of the Russian guy. So all of this, all of this disaster gets Eve fired because she broke like I said before, she broke a lot of company policies, but no worries. She gets hired at MI6, which is this Russian desk of British intelligence, by the fabulous Carolyn Martins, who's played by Fiona Shaw in the show. So Villanelle, who is starting to get really sloppy in her killings, I mean, really sloppy. She was ordered to kill the Russian guy discreetly. She ordered to kill the Russian guy's girlfriend and make it look like a suicide, again, discreetly, but she ends up taking out the whole hospital room, which was unnecessary. <laughs> She's becoming ruthless, and we're not really sure where her mentality or where her headspace is at this moment, in an assassin's mind, by the way. So Villanelle gets an assignment in Berlin to take out some important guy, you know, another important guy in this world of important men. And finding out about an assassination in Berlin, now that happened because of Villanelle, of course, even Bill, her former boss, who's now her best friend and work equal, they travel on to Berlin to find out why 
this man was assassinated and who could be ordering these hits. And again, finding out more information about this female assassin because they believe it's her, of course. And Villanelle is getting word that a woman named Eve Palastri is running this operation looking for her. So she goes on Google like the rest of us and looks up this name and she sees Eve's face, this this woman who she ran into in the bathroom at that hospital that one time with amazing hair and she remembers her. Eve having her own flashbacks on the night at the hospital in London, she couldn't find a picture of the nurse that commented on her that night. So she looks through the systems, doesn't find Villanelle's face in any of the nurse photos. So she's like, oh wait, I think I met Villanelle. It must have been her. Convenient. So in Berlin, Villanelle is ordered to keep a close eye on Eve and Bill, but from afar. And she's on strict orders to not do anything to them, to not touch them, to not hurt them. And she agrees. But of course, she doesn't behave because the entire time Villanelle is scoping them out, she's super visible. Like she's drawing a lot of attention on herself and Bill notices. Eve doesn't but that's because she's thinking about other stuff, I guess. And on a night where Eve is going out to have dinner with some important guy in Berlin to find out about that important guy that got murdered by Villanelle, Bill sees Villanelle and begins to follow her. And Villanelle is super aware of this. She knows this. So she leads Bill to a nightclub in Berlin that, side note, looks like a great time, to trap him in there. Now, Bill is calling Eve to tell her, hey, I spotted Villanelle, but Eve doesn't pick up because she's in the middle of dinner. And he leaves her a voicemail to which she listens to later and then tries to go and meet up with him at this club. Bill is following Villanelle deep into that nightclub. And there's a massive amount of people. I mean, this is pre-COVID. So imagine this is like a nightclub full of people, full of a crowd, dancing, sweating all over each other. Ooh. It's uncomfortable to be surrounded by all of those bodies. I mean, even pre-COVID, you wouldn't find me there, but you know, anyway. But Villanelle has a plan. The point of her to, to lead Bill into this crowd was so she can trap him and also take him out discreetly. And Bill notices this. He finally sees the error of his ways <laughs> and he tries to run away from her, but fails and she gets to him. And she does kill him, which side note, this was hard to watch because I love Bill and I, I did love him a lot. I loved his character, but we'll talk about that more later. And Eve, who gets into the club, finally catches up to Bill, sees Bill slumping over this crowd of people in the dance floor, and she automatically knows. She did not spot Villanelle in that moment, but she knows that something happened to Bill. And that was a hard scene because she's also being held back by the crowd of people dancing around her. So Eve is pissed. She is angry. She is in mourning. And this job is now becoming a dangerous reality for her. And it's taking her pretty much a toll on all of her relationships. I mean, with her husband, Nico, with her work partners. I mean, she is at a point where she's she's in mourning. She, she's mourning the loss of her best friend. But Eve believes that someone is ratting out information from her operation to the people who run Villanelle. And she has no idea who that is until, you know, after some searching and some Googling and, and using Kenny from the operation group or whatever, they find out that it's Frank who actually happened to be Eve's and Bill's former boss at MI5. Now, her boss is just pathetic, but we won't go too much into him because he just, he had maybe a total of 12 minutes on screen. So skipping on over to Frank's eventual death, 
Uh, for the rest of the season, Eve and Villanelle are playing this cat and mouse game. And while the show is called Killing Eve, there really is no hint of Killing Eve anywhere in this season, except for maybe at the end, but I'll get to that in a bit. Eve finds out about this mysterious woman named Anna, who we get teased about earlier in the season. Apparently, Anna was Villanelle's language teacher six or so years before that. And Anna and Villanelle, whose real name is Oksana, but we'll keep calling her Villanelle because it's just easier to remember. Anna and Villanelle had this affair, this love affair that eventually resulted in Villanelle murdering Anna's husband. <laughs> and this murder is what puts Villanelle in prison, which gets the attention of the people that, you know, hire her to be an assassin and who we actually learn their name is called the 12. So this season comes to an end when after so much chasing around, Eve goes to Villanelle's apartment in Paris and Villanelle isn't there yet, but Eve looks around this stylish flat and the clothes, some of them which are costumes from Villanelle's recent killings and Eve just loses her shit. I mean, she throws the clothes around the apartment. She smashes bottles of champagne on the floor and is pretty much having a mental breakdown. Well, yes, some, some sort of a mental breakdown. And that is until we hear the apartment door unlock and Villanelle walks in. So Eve tells Villanelle that she's going to kill her because Villanelle is the reason that Eve's life went to shit. And Villanelle laughs and tells Eve that you're not gonna do anything. You like me, you like me too much. To which Eve is like, she gives up and sits on Villanelle's bed. And for the first time, Eve admits to Villanelle and to us <laughs> that Villanelle's always on her mind. She is the first thing and the last thing that she thinks about during the day. She thinks about how she sleeps, what she eats, her mouth, her eyes, and it, <laughs> and Villanelle is, in my opinion, she's happy to hear this because she responds back that she masturbates to Eve, which was a cute moment. It was a funny, cute moment, no matter how many times I watched this scene. Now Villanelle moves to sit next to Eve on the bed and the two just kind of like lay back looking at the ceiling they exchange some more words and it all seems like it's a blissful moment. It seems like they're connecting and the chase is kind of finally at a stop, but of course not because this is a television show and it's all about finding a way to leave us with a cliffhanger to season two, right? Well, Eve decides to stab Villanelle in the stomach <laughs> and all hell breaks loose. Eve runs away, you know, immediately because she's immediately regretting what she did. She's like, oh my God, no, I just stabbed you. And then I took out the knife and which actually made the wound worse. So let me try to like get a towel or something to stop the bleeding. But Villanelle is already pissed. She grabs her gun and starts shooting at Eve, but misses, which I think is on purpose. And I say this because Villanelle's a trained assassin. If she wanted to kill Eve, she could have many times. <laughs> Eve tells her to stop. I want to help you. I want to help you stop the bleeding that I caused. <laughs> but when Eve gets out of hiding from, you know, dodging these bullets that weren't going to touch her in the first place, Villanelle's already gone. She had run away from the apartment. And that's the end of season one. We made it. So let's break it down. We have Eve Pilastri, who is described as bored and unfulfilled. And we see moments where she expresses how bored and unfulfilled she is at home with Nico. <laughs> oh, Nico. Eve wears a lot of muted colors like grays, navy, and different shades of them. A lot of blacks, which to me, I think just show more of her darker 
personality. And I'll say darker personality, but more of her darker moods, a bit more. She's more in the shadows and she's trying to fight out of it. Eve is impulsive. She is also a bit controlling. She's dismissive of, of others' opinions because she's so intuitive. And then we have Villanelle, AKA Oksana Astankova. Her personality is actually very playful. She's impulsive as well, also very controlling, also dismissive of others' opinions, very similar to Eve. But we've seen parts of Villanelle where she can be very warm and playful and very sweet and caring. She can also become very fixated on things just like Eve. But the difference is, is that Villanelle wears very flashy colors. And as someone who is an assassin and is supposed to commit these acts very discreetly, this woman is out on the street wearing, I mean, amazing clothes, <laughs> but she is in different sets of colors. I mean, she is visible. She is very much seen. And that could either be a very good tactic or that can just be, she's like, why should I hide my skills? And looking closer to the Villanelle name, what does Villanelle mean? So look, <laughs> I did some Google searching and according to literarydevices.com, a Villanelle is a poetic form with 19 lines and a strict pattern of repetition and a rhyme scheme. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> and, and I thought English <laughs> was my... <laughs> strength in high school. The word villanelle comes originally from the Italian word villano, meaning peasant. The villanellas and villanchicos of the Renaissance period were Italian and Spanish songs made for dancing, which featured the pastoral theme appropriate for peasant dances. According to a BBC News article, villanelle was inspired by Idioya Lopez Riaño, who was a real-life Spanish hit woman known as La Tigresa. According to this article, this assassin also had this sexual prowess. She was able to seduce anyone at any time. She had a passion for fashion and apparently was also a complete psychopath and had no empathy. So very similar to Villanelle. She was apparently hired by the agency that took her at the age of 18. And this is similar to Villanelle's recruitment at a young age in the show. By the way, Idioya Lopez Riaño was released in 2017 after serving 23 years sentence in Spain. So she's free, y'all. <laughs> Just so you know, if anything happens to me, she came for me. So here are some of my favorite Eve moments. In episode five, when Villanelle is chasing Frank to... Eve's former boss to kill him. Eve puts everyone in the car in danger. Everyone's in the car. She could have easily driven off and she didn't. Eve wanted to get out of the car and have this like heart to heart moment with Villanelle. Why? I don't know. Did I enjoy the shit out of that scene? Yes, I loved it. In episode six, Eve goes, I don't know. She goes crazy on Nico. She starts slapping him and pushing him and, and really showing physical violence for the first time, at least that I can recall, to Nico, and which is very concerning because I think that is also a shift in her kind of just being like, you know what, fuck it. Like I maybe she maybe she likes this life. Maybe there's something about Villanelle that aspires her to be a bit more, I don't know, ruthless. 
I would say. And of course, the season finale when Eve stabs Villanelle. She knifes the shit out of her at the end. I mean, maybe knifing the shit out of her is not the right term, but she stabs her very deeply. I would say that's, it almost seemed like Eve was possessed. So that was my third favorite moment. My favorite Villanelle moments. In episode one, we see Villanelle. She is climbing the side of that Italian home and at the top, she struggles a little bit to get up, but it, it, it still kind of shows her 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 genius and also that she's human because it takes a lot of strength <laughs> to climb up the side of a building. I think that's that was pretty awesome. <laughs> In episode six, when Villanelle convinces another inmate to punch the shit out of her and make her bleed and make her have these injuries to her face just so she can see that doctor in the Russian prison. Um, Yeah, Villanelle is very conniving and she is very manipulative. And yeah, I would say my final favorite scene is probably in episode seven when she kills her second handler (laughs) because she just gets sick and tired of him. She's like, you know what? Shut up. You talk too much. And she just not, you know, takes him out. Is killing Eve guilty of queer baiting? I'm going to say no. Now, for those that don't know what queer baiting is, according to UrbanDictionary.com, queer baiting is a marketing technique used to attract queer viewers that involves creating romantic or sexual tension between two same-sex or same-gender characters, but never making it canon or evolving it. See, I don't think it's queer baiting, and I and I say this because Villanelle is a queer character. Now, according to this definition, creating a romantic or sexual tension between two characters. I mean, there is a bit of a romantic sexual tension between Eve and Villanelle, and I think that at the end of the season, we kind of got a bit of a hint that, yeah, it is reciprocated between the both of them. But one person is, who is married to Nico has no idea how the hell to experience these feelings or how to deal with them or, 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 or what to do. I mean, first of all, Villanelle is a psychopath and is an assassin and a murderer. I mean, do you want to openly have this romantic feeling towards someone like that? I mean, I think th- I think that was handled pretty well, in my opinion. And And yes, Villanelle is a queer character. She is very openly queer in season one, not to talk about season two or three yet because they deserve their own episodes, but she is queer on those as well. So I think I I would say that it is queer baiting. Not really. One thing I did not like about this season that I really, really did not like was the assassination of Bill's character. I mean, Bill was another queer character. He was another queer character that we could have had for at least half, if not the entire season. If it were me, I would have maybe had him killed at the end of the season. If they definitely had to get rid of him, get rid of him closer to the end. I was so upset that they killed him in episode three. He was such a nice, refreshing character. And in that episode, you got to learn about him. And I don't know. I have a feeling that him and Villanelle could have been friends. Now, do I like the show? I do. And here's why I like it. Here's the number one reason why I like it. This show does not alienate anyone except maybe those that are anti-feminist and hate women, then yes, this show definitely alienates you and good because we don't want you here. But this show does not alienate anyone. I mean, my friends who live in Albany, New York, love this show. They are caught up. And so is my girlfriend's mother in the South of France. 
okay? This show is for everyone. It's for anyone who likes to have a good, dark, humored laugh and enjoys seeing funny shit on TV. I mean, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, she is pretty amazing. She is also the creator of Fleabag. And if you haven't seen Fleabag on Amazon Prime, I definitely recommend it. It's fucking awesome. If you want to see Killing Eve, it is available to stream on the Hulu platform. But if you are outside of the United States, you can go on bbc.co.uk, I believe, (laughs) and find a way to stream the episodes there. All of the source materials that I used for this episode will be in the show notes. Once again, I want to thank Megan Ingram for making the request of Killing Eve. I think it was just a push I needed to finally do these episodes. I am such a fan of this show and it needs to be talked about more because why not? Thank you again for listening to this episode of Movies I Look Queer. If you have not done so already, please go on Instagram and TikTok and follow Movies a la Queer. There you will find the latest news and updates regarding the show's episodes. You could also send me an email at moviesalaqueer at gmail.com for any requests, questions, concerns, collaborations. I'm all for it. This was Sarita Ramirez. Stay safe, stay warm, cool, depending on where you are. And I will see you next week with another episode. Bye. (music) 